Well, welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. We are back at Cottonmouth. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Because how do you go from being so silly? <laughs> it's I got to go to work, I was man. Laughing, and now you get all serious. I got to go to work, man. I got to work. <laughs> uh. <laughs> For those of y'all don't know, Lake and I hunt together all the time. And from the 1st of September to the end of January, I'm around him more than my own family. So we have learned to laugh and have a good time and, and cut up, actually kind of silly all the time. How lucky could you be? Ooh, <laughs> I'm lucky when I get to go home. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Me and him do have a, have uh, a fun time. Yeah, well, we had not had a chance to catch up on here since the Nevada trip. Right. And there's been a lot of stuff happened between um, there and then. Uh, one thing I always like to do this before we get started into it, you know, we started, I think it was, we done, we've been doing this ever since the first like early season podcast is we would tell people, you know, if they, we, you know, they, sometimes folks are sending questions and then we, you know, we'd always say at the, we'd always say at the end of these things, you know, if you learn anything from this or if you know, any get any kind of results from what you've heard off this, please send it in. We've got a, uh, you know, through Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And uh, we always like to get that kind of stuff. And there was a, a guy's name was Chris Toomey. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But his name is Chris Toomey. Uh, and he killed a stud of a buck in Iowa. Said he heard, listened to that um, Colin podcast we did right before November, which all that, you know, rut stuff in the Midwest is probably starting to tail off right now. But uh, he sent that in and said he hit the can a few times, was set up, I think he said it was next to a thicket or something, whatever. But he said, you know, from listening to that podcast, is kind of what helped him get that success and so chris if you listen to this one congratulations um like i said really appreciate you sending that in uh always cool to hear that kind of stuff so again if any of other folks same kind of situation if you've had any kind of sex success from this you know do what chris did send it in we always love to hear it and talk about it but other than that getting into you know what we've done today kind of want to catch up on anything we missed out out with with from you and what you've seen hunting here lately and um kind of start off with just what we're seeing currently right now on Cottonmouth. Well, this week at Cottonmouth, the first afternoon, I've, I, it seems like to me, in, in, in Troy's hunting and Jimmy's hunting too, you know, the deer movement was actually better on Monday afternoon. Yeah. And here it is Wednesday, and it's gotten slower every day, and it has warmed up. The um, humidity has, has, it was a lot damper this morning when we got up. Yeah. And that's just typical when... The, the best deer times, go back to the last week, we had high pressure, we mm-hmm. had cold weather, we had cool nights, you know, in the 30s, highs in the 50s and 60s, and, and that's yeah. when the high pressure days are the days when you typically see more deer, yeah. especially that I think in the afternoons, right. like on food sources, because they get up and move earlier, like on days like today when it's damp, you walk outside and it's warm and it's humid and it's just, it just doesn't feel, feels yucky as I say, you got to thank the deer no matter what part of the country you're in, they got their winter clothes on right now. Yeah. And when it's 65 to 70 degrees out there, it's they just don't they just don't move a lot unless it's rut time. Right. Now, when rut time happens, you can kind of throw all that out the window because yeah. it doesn't matter. But, you know, we're two weeks, two and a half weeks away from, from the rut here in the south. And like last week at Togo, which is a place I, I hunt at on the river, and I always take Thanksgiving week off and Christmas week off to hunt with my family – but we saw a lot of deer moving last week. You know, we were, you killed a nice buck here at Cottonmouth. Mm-hmm. Troy did, and yeah. Jimmy did last week in two days. Yeah. And that, that was last week. It just goes to show yeah. the difference in the weather. And we talked about that. I know we talked about it in the, uh, that weekly video blog we do. 
uh, and I know because me and Troy are scheduled tomorrow, we're going we're gonna to dissect kind of all last week of what happened. But just to touch on that briefly, we, we talked about how different um, and you could compare this week too, but just the week before that, the last week before, when you were here before that Thanksgiving week, just how different the deer movement was. And it comes from just like what you were talking about, the high pressure and the cooler weather. The yeah. deer movement was just night and day difference between how much we were seeing. I mean, there are people always say, what about a full moon? Well, there's no doubt there's a difference. Because we hunt every week. There's a difference every week of the season from October 1st to end of January. And especially November, I think, has the most impact on deer movement far as the full moon in the south than any month october they're used to the warm weather they still have their summer coats and you know you see a lot of deer in the afternoons coming to to food sources and you get in november and you go out there and you're like man where are all the deer yeah they just shut down and if i tell you what we've done here we have a lot of proof cameras set on time lapse and you can really i mean they're going Mm -hmm. off on the food plots day and night and you can really see the difference in the daylight movement just in five days. Yeah, this week versus last week. And what's what's interesting is um, we were talking because Ben's here this week because we're uh, just because the number of people we had this here. Ben, our executive producer, drove up to to help film, and uh, he hunts out that the lease that he has. And we were telling him we were we've been seeing here, and is you know where he's at. He's experienced the same kind of weather, and he said that he was seeing the exact same thing because he has his camera set on time lapse. He said, "Man, last week if you on those time lapses, you'd watch them, and there was just deer in those food plots constantly. And then you go back to this week when that when the humidity moved in and warmed up, moon started getting bigger, and yeah, then it just bigger this week. it just shut off. So yeah. it's it's you know it's not just a you know, it's not like it's just isolated to here. It seems like, you know, everywhere around here that's experiencing that kind of weather, they're seeing the same kind of deer reaction to it. And you, you, you think back throughout the year, and, you know, the, the, the bigger deer start, you start getting a few daylight, as the weather is good, as we're talking, and the moon gets better, you start picking those daylight pictures up of those four- or five-year-old deer, six-year-old deer. Yeah. Well, you and I rode around this morning. We've hunted the last two mornings and seen three deer total. Yeah both mornings combined slow well you and i took that we, we got off the stand early the last two days and started doing some scouting and the amount of rubs and scrapes that have showed up in the last seven to ten days it's crazy it's i mean it's like you rode through here one day and it was you know like october yeah you we went through here at the same spot this morning in the last 10 days and it scrapes under every limb on the side of the old logging road mm-hmm. just rubs you look through the wood you just see rubs just shining because they're all brand new and yeah. fresh there was one spot we drove through, a bunch of little sapling trees, and there was rubs everywhere. Yeah. I was I was looking at my camera, and you said, man, look at all those rubs. I looked over, I swear every tree was rubbed. So, to, to me, and, and okay, let's say this is, uh, what's today, the 30th of November? 29th? No, 29th. Today's November 29th. Well, this is just like October 30th mm-hmm. in Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, yeah. in the Midwest. You yeah. know, we're basically, because we used to hunt in the Midwest every year for years and years, and there's just about a four to five week window difference in, yeah. you know, the our rut time versus the Midwest rut time. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I want to talk about. And we've said that. I know we brought it up in the, the calling episode we did um, that just, you know, we always talk about the November low and how December is when it kicks in for us yep. and when that happens. And it, it is exciting um, to see because you see the woods just everything about when you're in the deer woods just starts to look different you can see it happening like we're talking about now it's just those rubs and those scrapes popping up and last week when we were seeing all those deer you were seeing you know the three-year-old bucks kind of start wanting to mess with the does a little bit not that they were you know in you know hot already but 
it's just you can tell it's getting that time of year with those young ones starting to act like that. Well, there was one day last week, and I know y'all are going to dissect it, where just looking at pictures of the deer you and Troy shot, he, you shot a four-and-a-half-year-old, and it's like he shot a either a five or six, maybe yeah. a six-year-old buck. Yeah. And it just, I mean, they were on their feet that day. Whatever yep. that, and, and I was hunting last week, too, and they were on their feet big time. Um, you, you get into this week, and we hadn't hunted mornings much. No. And there's a reason early season we don't hunt mornings because you're hunting food sources. And I'm sure you've talked about this right. before now. But And you walk into a food source, and the proof cameras prove this too. And a lot of times you hear them running off. You hear them run out there and start blowing. Well, they're at those food sources mostly at night. Yeah. And they're there early in the morning before they go bed up for the day. And if you walk into a hot spot and blow them out, we just don't like doing that, so yeah. we like to to just hunt those kind of spots in the afternoon. Yeah. But when you go in the woods, you start seeing scrapes everywhere, roofs everywhere. You just about have to hunt mornings because you just know it's when just yeah. in the next ten days it's is when those to deer are going to start moving more and more and more. And the way I look at it, and this is what we talked about, the whole our whole premise behind not hunting in the mornings was not only because. It wasn't so much the our chances of getting something is kind of slim at that time of year. With the it, it was more of, and we saw the results of this is it's taking unnecessary pressure off of our woods. Yeah, and I think you know you're just educating them when right. we, when they're not moving and they're and they're seeing, hearing you, seeing you, smelling you at, at odd times, and they're not they're not moving anyway. And the cameras prove that. Mm-hmm. Now, the, I kind of want to back up a little bit because you know you, I have buddies that they have you know two days a week sometimes three days a week to hunt right well if they're going to have their full season they have to hunt those times yeah and that's great just be conscious that your better spots that you have your proof cam your your trail cameras on and you're getting your pictures of your bucks focus on those in the afternoon you know get some find some spots that are kind of your secondary spots to hunt in the mornings right that that's what i would recommend that's what I, that's what we do you know, if we if we have a a cool morning in the early season, yeah, we it, still will maybe hunt a morning or two just because we're at camp and why not? If, yeah. if it's nice, yeah. So. And we, it's cool that you brought that up because we actually have talked about that about the you know the guy maybe he's a weekend warrior just a few days out of the week. We're very fortunate we get to hunt consistently as we do, but yeah, we talked about that. Even if if you have a limited amount of time, making the most of your efforts and not boogering up your best spots yeah just be conscious of it that's that's what i would recommend yeah but i think um we've even said and like i know i don't want to go too much into it because i know troy's going to want to talk about it tomorrow but we've i think we've already seen results of taking pressure off the woods like we have like the fact that that buck troy killed me and jordan were sitting there and i got a text from him at 350 said i just shot a a giant at 330 in the afternoon yeah and a, a, a six Five, six-year-old deer? Five weeks before the rut. Five weeks before the rut. And I, I was talking to Jordan. I said, I said, is Troy pulling my leg? You know, what's going on? You know, just because – and I thought, was he just walking through? Did something something bump him and he happened to just come through that food plot? And he just – And that never happens. You, we usually have the first week of season, we have a chance at those old bucks like that. Right. In the afternoons coming to a bean field or a big food plot. But you usually don't have that happen again until the rut right. or the late season yeah. on food sources. But very rarely in November in that slow yeah. time do you have a buck that old out at 3.30 yeah. in the afternoon. And I'm not saying it's the only factor, but I'm saying the fact that there was, there's was there been so – just a significant amount of pressure. There's such a less, uh, less amount of pressure, yeah. yeah, that that was definitely a factor in him mm-hmm. doing that. Cause, and then I thought that was just really encouraging to well, me. Well, we have a – 
like you and I, we've like and I've hunted a deer called Rocker. We Troy named him, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we've we've seen him for three years. Last year we hunted him. You and I especially hunted him really, yeah. really a lot. Yeah. Well, during the course of that time, we only saw him one time in daylight, and that was about January tenth. Yeah. So that was at the tail end of the rut. We never even had but a couple daylight pictures of him during the rut. He was still a, like a ghost. Out he there. was. He's the most elusive deer that we have on this place. Well, during that time, you know, we were eighty yards from him. He was following a doe. And he was coming to a slough. And if he would have took a left, he'd have walked 20 yards from you and I. But mm-hmm. instead, they, the doe went to the right, and he followed her off. Well, I'm going to say, if I remember right, five or six days later, I shot a doe out of that stand because we had done, we about done give up on Rocker because we had done been hunting him for six weeks. I think it was a result, both me and you both were just, we were, I think we were just spent, you know. We, we were just, spent. Yeah, and we had to shoot does, too, and get to yeah. the end of the season. We hadn't been shooting them. And so I shot one anyway, and she ran to a place we'd never been and as we were trailing that doe down that slough we found this spot because mm-hmm. it's the same spot rocker come from the same yeah. spot we saw three or four of the mature bucks come from and me and you right then said this is where we're gonna yeah. get close to him yeah well we got the spot set up we put a proof cam out and let's see three weeks ago me and you snuck in there we jumped him yeah we actually talked about that on the last podcast yeah. Yeah. so we were worried about you know we were worried like dang we jumped him but we went in there, we hunted that morning or that afternoon, and we left. And we hadn't been back until yeah. yesterday morning. We had the perfect wind conditions, and we snuck in there. We both had our fingers crossed, like, please don't jump up again. Well, luckily, we didn't jump him. Yeah. And we hunted. We didn't see him. We saw um, a couple small deer, and that was it. But anyway, we had a proof cam in there. We hadn't touched it. No. no. We got back, and we had pictures, daylight pictures of Rocker there and at nighttime. So my point being is I even pulled the proof cam out of there. Because the next time you and I go in there, it's going to be when the conditions are right mm-hmm. and we feel like he's moving in the daytime. Yeah. So my point in telling this kind of long story is once you figure out a, a, a five or six-year-old buck, this, this deer would have scored close to 180 last year. We feel yeah. like he's going to be in the mid to upper 160s now. Yeah. You can't keep pressuring him. No. You know, if you are if you have a, a, a piece of ground, I don't care if it's 40 acres, if it's 20 acres, if it's 400 acres – once you have a core area figured out of a mature deer, and we know for a fact he doesn't move much. No. He stays in yeah. one spot. He's, he's, his area is very, very tight. And we are super sensitive. I know some people might say, well, i gotta, I got to hunt him a lot so I can have a chance at him. Well, mm. I think just opposite. Yeah. I want to hunt him a little bit this year because we know where he lives. We know what he does. And we got to wait till everything conditions are right before we go in there. I absolutely and If we agree. only get to hunt him one or two times over the next four weeks, we'll... That's the. I mean, we have to be that disciplined. I it feel is what it to is, make yeah. it happen. I absolutely agree. Let's let's back up. I want to dissect that whole situation because if if any if anyone listen to this has listened to the podcast at all, watch the shows, watch the video blogs, whatever they've heard us talk about Rocker, and I go back to that day that we saw him and had the had that encounter with him. That's the closest we we got to him. Not only do we see him in daylight, I remember when we find. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's hard not to a deer like that. Um. I was sitting there, and I remember I said, I see a buck. And I was trying to get the camera turned around. I said, I don't know what he is. I know he, I said he looks mature. And you put your binos up. I'm a, You went, oh, gosh, that's Rocker. <laughs> and, <laughs> he looks so good. And I was like, oh. And, you know, so I get the camera real quick. I zoom in on him, and I'm like, oh, sure enough, that's him. But um, if I, I can remember because we'd seen other deer before that. And if any of y'all listen to this, y'all have probably been in situations like this before where you're hunting. And you see, we'd seen 
was it three or four different bucks crossed that same spot? We're like, man, yeah. what is the deal? And when you finally, you know, if you make your way to go down there and look, you know, we didn't go down there that day because we were, you know, we didn't want to, you know, we thought we might see him again. Didn't want to go in there and just walk up in there and leave our scent anywhere. But we luckily we walked down there trailing that doe. And it's kind of one of those things when you get there, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Make it all come together for us. Because those nut all trees, those acorn trees. And uh, not only that, but just the way that whole deal set up with that slough and then that thicket line on the other side, it was just a perfect funnel for those deer. And just when it gets that right time of year, like you were talking about, when they start rutting, that's just a hot spot. They got to be on their feet. This is it's a it's a travel slash funnel slash feeding area. I mean, everything comes together perfect. Mm-hmm. And I hope we get him, and I think we will. If not, I think we'll get a shot at another mature deer. But it's going to be hard to shoot another deer right yeah, there. Yeah, I agree. And um, I mean, it's even good. It's a, whether it's bow or gun. The gun season. Rocker lives in the Arkansas portion of Cottonmouth. So you can gun hunt there to the end of December, I believe, or twenty sixth or twenty eighth, and then it's both season again till the you know till February, sometime in right. mid February. Right. Um, but man, he's a he's a great deer, and and I guess if I could say, if anybody's listening, it's just sometimes they can be so dumb during the rut, and they'll run out there in a food pot in the middle of the day. But there's sometimes some of them some of them guys that old oh, big guys that you see that you never kill, and you wonder what happens to them. You know your your neighbor didn't get them, or you know about it. Yeah. You know you get a picture of it or hear about it. And right. those guys, they just they just learn to, to to dodge us, and they just move when they have to move. And at night, and probably Mark and Terry Drury and Lee Lakoski are probably some of the best out there I know. I know some other guys, whitetail property guys too. Um, when it comes to mature deer, and it's all about being disciplined. You know, though you find those core areas, you stay out of them, you stay out of your spots until. The conditions are right. Right. We have to have a south, southwest wind to hunt rocker and hunt him right. Mm-hmm. And that's the only wind we can hunt him on, period. And and preferably, you want it blowing pretty good. You yeah. Know, you want a 10-mile-an-hour wind is, is ideal. Yeah, because we, we talked about that, there. too. You and I both know, and anyone that's listening to this podcast know, because we've talked about it. If it's less than 10, the chances that thing's going to swirl. Yep. And that's just a risk that neither one of us want to take in that yep. spot. Because yep. I, just, I just feel like we've hunted that deer for so long and we put in out there's no telling how many hours trying to find that deer it's it's just i feel like we're so close to getting them now that it's just not worth taking a risk mm-hmm. on until it's absolutely perfect yeah. and you know and to kind of take a little different direction here you know my my greatest passion in whitetail hunting is is property management mm-hmm. you know you take if you got a three to five year plan and you have a piece of property that you can cut and that you can make food plots on, and you can develop your kind of way. You can make those mature deer sleep where you want them to sleep and feed where you want them to feed. Not not in not necessarily every day, but for when the conditions yeah, are right. Right. Um, and, and that's a three- to five-year process because you can't rush Mother Nature. She takes no, her own time. Yeah. And if you have a piece of property, you can go in there and cut the timber in ways that you can have, instead of one bedding area, you can have four or five bedding areas. Mm-hmm. Well, I truly believe that that increases your odds of having more than one mature deer live on your property. Because if you just have one spot there, a pasture can only have so many bulls in it. Right. And a, if you get one buck, it's got that bully mentality. Yep. And he, he could be a six-year-old, 125-inch mean eight-point and yeah. run a 160-inch yeah. four-year-old ten-point out. One of my one of my friends in uh, in uh, southeast Iowa, a guy named Scott, Scott Peruca, 
he had a buck on his property. His name was, uh, he called him Cheech. And uh, he had, I can't remember what it, but he he had a messed up pedicle. And he had a, he was like a tall, he had a, he was going to be an eight point. But I believe it was his right side just went straight up and forked. But that deer was, they caught, he was a bully buck. That, that deer ran all of his high scoring deer off the place. Yeah. Scott, Scott ended up shooting him because he was running all of his bigger right. bucks off. So, yeah. And that happens. And, and a lot of times... You know, luckily for us, we have what's called DMAP, Deer Management Assistant Program. We have tags that is are property specific. And say you have a six year old, 125 inch mean eight point, mm-hmm. and you're hunting a you know 150 inch deer. And this ain't everywhere. I'm just using these numbers yeah. for example. Yeah. Or say 100. You, typically, it's under 125, but your biologist will help you decide that. But if you only had one tag and you're shooting a 160, trying to shoot a 160, and you don't want to put your tag on a 120 well that tag will allow you to take that older deer out without counting right. against your state yeah. limit but it but that is property specific let me yeah. make that yeah you know it, it everybody is. realizes yeah that. for sure the dmat program is a really it's cool a widespread program. great program yeah. that mississippi has oh, it, great it, program we wouldn't be able to have cottonmouth like we have it if it wasn't for dmat that's right that's a fact yeah that's an absolute fact because i always think about um yeah I mean, I mean, think about and like think about that that seven point that Jimmy killed last week, yep. five six year old deer, big seven, yep. you know, and he he perfect actually deer. picture perfect example. There was that ten point out there, which again we'll talk about more of this Troy tomorrow because he was there, but um, big wide ten point, and they were he was on the borderline. They said they weren't sure if he was four or five, and ten points here with our management program, we wanted to be five. And that seven point came out here and started to run him off. That seven-point random mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because the seven-point came out there, and there was no doubt that he was an older deer. You know, whether or not – Probably weighed 30, 40 pounds more mm-hmm. than the ten-point. Yeah, and, you know, whether or not that ten-point was five or not, whether, you know, he was noticeably bigger than the ten-point was. So just exactly what you're talking about. You know, so we kind of skipped around a little bit today. We were talking about mature deer, and and I know that to keep those mature deer on your property, you really have to be careful. You have yeah. to be conscious about – you know how you ride atvs gas utvs whatever i mean you have to be we prefer electric here especially in some spots yeah we take those yeah that polaris cvs that we use yep. i mean we take them i mean that when we last time we hunted that all i mean we were able to get right in there yep. and sneak in there it's a big element of, of how we do what we do so you, you just kind of have a little different mindset whether it's a five-year plan on, on a piece of property you can you can help cut timber on and you can plant food plot certain ways or if you just have a hunting camp i grew up at a hunting camp so i can relate totally to this you just have to figure out the places that uh, that some of the members don't want to go because it's a little tougher then deer figure it out yeah. we and, and, and i can promise you we can too and those deer yeah. know where to be and where not to be at certain mm-hmm. times unless the rut's going on and they chase that doe across that field or across that road or that gas line absolutely there's no doubt about it it, it you know and it, it's a it's I, th- I feel like we learn every day Every time, every time we hunt rocker, I feel like I learned something. Might be just a little bit. Might be like, uh, like when we jumped him, learned something that day. <laughs> yeah, right there. He, he was bedded fifteen yards from the road. Yeah, he's he in a big top. Him and a doe. He is slick, boy. He's slick. That's okay. It makes it fun. It makes it, it does. It does. I couldn't enjoy it. Well, I know. I, I love. I would love to talk longer. I know we'll have more chances to talk in the future, but we're actually it's one forty two. So both of us got to start getting ready. Yeah. Because um, we're actually we'll just talk briefly about what we're doing this evening, just so because we'll, this podcast will probably go up tomorrow or the next day. But we are trying to something going back to the 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 less pressure thing well, and where we're, we're going this evening. We're, we're looking. We got proof cams on all our takeout 
fall blend plot from mm-hmm. there. I take out seed. It's a new system Primo's has, seed system. And, you know, we really put it to the test this year. And it, we have had the best time. Mm-hmm. We did everything for far as seeing deer, shooting deer. We've all had great experiences. And we're hunting one of those fields, just the yeah. fall blend field. Fall blend and Nebraska uh, blend. Yep. And we got proof camped out there on time lapse. So mm-hmm. we know what the deer are doing. Now, there was a lot more deer out there last week in mm-hmm. daylight hours than it is this week yeah. but there's still more bucks in that one spot right now than anywhere mainly because it's a big dewberry i'm gonna say 60 80 acres of dewberry dewberry is like sawbriars mm-hmm. need a waist deep and it's just a great bedding area so there's more deer secluded around that food plot than some of our other plots and so after saying that i think there's quite a few deer within 100 yards yeah. get up right now that field yeah and so pick those places when the deer movement is suppressed that the deer don't have to walk as far to get there. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes they might have to walk a quarter mile, three or 400 yards, and they just simply not going to make it when they don't get up out of their yeah. bed till 5 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. They'll get there, but it'll be after dark. It's going to be just like 9, 10, just like our cameras are showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And it, going back to the same thing, that, that plot hasn't been touched in two weeks two or three yeah. weeks so i mean it's almost like you're going back in there for the first time, first time. as far and, as a, deer change they move but anyway i'm anxious to get there and i know yeah. I mean you'll have some laughs for sure if we don't shoot a deer we're gonna have fun we do <laughs> every sure. day we got you well <laughs> we can sit here and ramble on forever but i know we gotta start getting stuff together so thank you for talking uh y'all thank y'all for listening again as always if y'all learn anything from this podcast if you kill a deer buck doe whatever please let us know uh send it to our facebook instagram always appreciate it i mean we really like hearing that kind of stuff it, it's it's very gratifying for us but we're gonna get get to getting ready get out this evening hopefully we'll uh we'll get us a, a buck down or a doe down either way we'll have us a good time but oh last thing we we do we do have this that uh camera brad was talking about um in the the rocker stand we did have some pictures of them through there and so i'm going to try to post some of those pictures to our social pages so y'all can see put a put a face with the name of the rocker year that we keep talking about but anyhow we're going to get out of here so as always thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast